it's our space yes it is it's our space and we like to call it third space wonderful yeah wonderful jingle i'm gonna be honest usually about a couple of minutes before uh going live going hot on the air i think of the jingle and i get one that Mm -hmm. one i realized i had nothing to say (laughs) as soon as we said go and then that's what came out so that was a great improv jingle it sounded uh right in league in terms of quality with your other jingles i would say so um out so i'll let I... you interpret I'll, I'll let you interpret or <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean yay i don't know what I, yeah. <laughs> good ah uh, uh, um so uh before we get started oh an announcement uh i just realized this so uh we mm. now have a third space podcast email address yeah um, so uh really fancy uh it's uh mail dot third space at gmail.com you know it's professional because it's a gmail uh, address. <laughs> mail dot third space at gmail.com yep uh, so uh, so fans can write to us and suggestions can be made and 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 criticisms can be you know critiqued levied levied um, yeah that's better yeah, don't know that. It's weird to use the word fans. That's strange. Um, oh, I don't really. Yeah, say, let's say <laughs> listeners. Um, can't can't imagine. How about I don't even, fam fanboys? How about fanboys? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so weird. it is weird. Even saying fans is like just so funny to me that the, yeah. the idea of I actually don't. Um, although I'm curious when we look at the data, I don't think about like. Uh, uh, people on the other side listening to us. I mean, I sort of do. I like the idea of it, but it'd be really cool to actually like have someone contact us. I don't know. I, that, that's, it would feel real for the first time because it feels abstract to me right now. Yeah, don't hold your breath. Um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but the address is there in case uh, anyone wants to contact us, they can. Um, and also, we are now on YouTube. Uh, uh. So... If, it's pretty, uh, if, pretty good announcements. Like the idea that we have announcements is interesting. It sounds official. I like it. Yeah. So I, I know I personally, whenever I listen to a podcast, I pretty much just listen on YouTube. I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts actually, um, uh, and prefer just pulling up YouTube real quick. So that's where I like to listen to it. And now we're on YouTube as well. So woo, we are YouTubers. Yep. And I think we have a grand total of one view from me. So. Uh, all right gaining some steam there killing it killing <laughs> but, it man but they're all there so that's good could be easy to pull up like you know on the fly or something instead of loading up some podcast app or something so. i'll just have to name drop it in class and then a bunch of kids will go watch it for 10 minutes and that's it but the numbers will shoot up to 60 really fast and then that's it it'll be great yeah i think Who's it looks me? i think it looks nice like i uh i've had to figure out how to kind of merged together um like a background and the audio and yeah i put our our light bulb logo so the student who made that art now is that's prominently featured Um, yes yes and it's got it's got a little uh sound wave at the bottom when when we talk that moves so it's i just put it together that that my that student is now in my class oh that's cool and I didn't realize the names, you know, I, I, I was contacting this student to help help this symbol or draw this icon for us. Uh-huh. And 
and just through word of mouth through other students. So I didn't know this student. And so we had these email exchanges not knowing the student. And now they're in my AP Lang class. That's really weird. I, I Now putting that together. I should I should thank yeah, him again, should, like in person. <laughs> yeah, you should extort him even more now. Oh, extort is better than thanking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good connection to make, though. I'll have to mm-hmm. consider that tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but I think we don't need any more art at the moment, so... I think we're well, all squared away. True. If I have no use, I just won't talk to him. You're right. I had a. Uh, oh, here's another thing that uh, I can mention. Not an announcement, but just a th- something to kind of kick us off. I was just taking a brisk walk around the lake a few minutes ago, um, before we started recording, and I saw two funny child-related uh, incidents. Um, I, I like funny child-related incidents. It, it made me made me laugh. Uh, so one uh, was a, a girl. She was probably eight or nine years old, and she was walking her small dog. Uh, it was just her and the dog. No one else was around. Um, and the dog was, like, kind of squatting to pee. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the girl, I guess, wanted didn't want the dog to pee there or just wanted to Was it walk. on the path? Was it off the path appropriately? It was just to the side of the sidewalk. Um, okay. This was this was bef- this was in my apartment complex before the lake. Uh, okay. And uh, the dog was like kind of getting comfortable about to pee, but the girl didn't want the dog to pee, I guess, and started like yanking on the leash. Not yanking, <laughs> but you know, pull tugging on the leash and just starting to walk away. And the dog is like, "I'm peeing here," and it's kind of like backpedaling <laughs> with the back legs, you know, kind of like that. <laughs> you, you know the you know the motion that like. Um, uh, cartoon dogs do when they're running real fast and then stop where all their legs are forward and it's like yes yeah smoke smoke comes out the front <laughs> that's kind of what the dog's position was like but the dog was peeing also and getting peeing. <laughs> and getting dragged along and there's just this this weak little river of yellow dog pee like getting traced along the sidewalk as the girl is walking away with her peeing dog <laughs> and what, what do you think played into her motivations? Like, why was she... Did they say, don't make sure she doesn't poop or make sure the dog doesn't make a mess? And she took that very seriously. It's one of, perhaps one of her early times ever being allowed this independent moment, taking the dog out, and she's taking it very seriously. And and I, I'm just curious if that's the sort of decision-making, or is she just a kid who wants to leave and the dog's not ready kind of thing? Yeah, I tend to think it's the latter. Just It's just a kid being a kid and a dog being a dog and she just wanted to move and the dog didn't want to move um and i wonder like also because you know i was walking down the sidewalk and approaching her and the dog and she looked at me and i wonder if she was like i shouldn't be standing here in the sidewalk with my dog and then decided to move you know at that point uh or or if there was some sort of weird secondhand embarrassment i don't want a stranger to see my dog peeing yeah, no, I think that, like, I, I have doubt, a feeling something fuel your existence may have fueled her decision making, right? She's a Could kid, be, she's yeah. nervous, feels uncomfortable, sees somebody, and is just kind of wanting to exit the situation, pretty uncertain of her actions. I don't know. I'm just putting myself in an eight or nine year old or whatever young person's shoes, really young person who almost too young to be doing i don't know if that's too young to be taking your dog out not just right outside the apartment i thought you were meant on the path initially which is unusual because that's to be by yourself on that path i would say eight or nine is pretty young to be walking this big two mile path by yourself kind of thing but i think it's fine i mean i think so too i just i I do personally but i could see kids not being allowed to do that right yeah yeah i could yeah 
Yeah, and this was in the apartment complex. I think that it was pretty pretty. She's fun. doing her chore of taking the dog out. That's even funnier to think if the. I mean, often you take a dog out for either a longer walk or to pee, or, you know, right. use the restroom, and then she no, she was doing her duty. And she was <laughs> really funny. I'm gonna drag you along. The uh, the the second child related incident was was funnier. Um, I, this was when I was actually walking around the lake, and uh, there's like a parking lot uh, where you know a bunch of people can come park and then walk around the. It's like a public kind of park kind of area. Um, and the path is elevated near the parking lot. I was walking along this elevated part and looking down at the parking lot, and there was um, a mom and her kid, uh, and maybe another kid, getting out of their car, I guess, to go play around in the little uh, the little park field type area. And the kid was probably five years old, and he had a baseball bat, or I guess it was more of a wiffle ball bat. It was one of those wiffle ball bats that are, I don't know, maybe two and a half feet long, and they're really thick. You know, they're like five inches, four or five hollow. inches. Yeah. yeah, and hollow plastic um, in diameter. And uh, the kid uh, just, like, I guess, uh, I don't remember what the mom was doing, looking in the back of the car or something but the kid just kind of was like swinging it around and then he walks to the car next to him rears back and then in like professional baseball form whacks the side of just some stranger's car (laughs) and it makes this huge like wham noise that like echoed on the elevated walkway and and the mom was like the mom was like whoa 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 you can't just be hitting other people's cars. And I heard her start, you know, like commenting on the situation. And it just made me laugh really hard. I, I was laughing out loud at the kids smacking someone else's car. It is. Uh, it, 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 it blows just, my mind. Like, as a, I realized how serious of a kid I was. I didn't do things like that. Like, I didn't just mindlessly. I'm, I'm assuming this kid kind of mindlessly, not meanly, but just. Would be oh, like, oh, this would a, be fun. This will be fun. Wapow! Makes a loud noise, satisfying, echoey sound. He was just sound. a nice, uh, mostly peaceful protester in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the mom, uh, like, I-, I watched I watched the mom's reaction. I mean, she was very vocal about being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I wanted to see, like, I was too far away to tell if there was any damage. But, um, yeah, I wanted to see what she did. Like, she just kind of stood there for a while and it seemed like she, you know her body language was uncertain like she was confused as to whether she should just like pretend this never happened and take her kid and go up to the park or whether she should like you know write a note or what she should do about the situation uh she seemed very very confused i imagine well yeah if there's damage you have to leave the note but you're right like it's an unusual situation to be presented with and in fact parenting i guess frequently i mean i'm imagining you're consistently uh, implementing corrective measures, right? Like this is sure, not what yeah. you do, and this is what you do. And then when the the I'll say the the grieve or the uh, offense is pretty bad, or whatever that means. Once it's crossed the threshold, we're in punishment zone, right? The removal of a privilege and things like that. But oftentimes, more often than not, I'd imagine it's not punishment zone. It's just like, hey, this is not how we behave. This is not what we do. This is not how. And so, like, that's an interesting one, because what do you do? You, well, you could take the bat away. I guess that's it's as simple as that, right? Like, take the bat away. You've you've misused it. You don't get it. And then, and then like, are, are more punishments necessary? Was that enough? Um, I mean, I yeah. imagine you take the, kid, the bat away, the kid's crying, all of that. I don't know. I'm just, parenting's well, tough. 
parents. It's got to suck. I mean, like, I imagine if this is the first time the kid has just irresponsibly wielded his wiffle ball bat, uh, <laughs> then he didn't, I mean, to be really technical about it, he didn't know you're not supposed to whack other people's cars with your wiffle ball bat. You know, if that, I mean, what parent can make explicit every possible behavioral limitation? They just right. can't. So, like, maybe, maybe, I'm being very generous, but uh, maybe the first time you say, no, you can't just swing your bat around like that, kid. Like, you have to be careful with your bat and not damage things. It seems like a lesson he would have already learned, but if that's truly the first time that he's coming into contact with that rule, maybe you don't punish right away. But definitely well, the next time you have to, you have to say, all right, no more bat, or, you know, or hit him with the bat and see how he likes it. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, you like that? And the kid's crying. How do you like that? <laughs> but I, I think that that even it, well, even calling it punishment might be a misnomer if it's like it's just a natural consequence. You misused this item, and like so, you've lost. You, you, well, you'll get the bat back. It's not removed forever, but like, yeah, you're not just you're not gonna have it first. And so it's not a, like I'm trying to deprive my kid of a bat or the you know whatever. I just I wonder I wonder what the the true corrective measure is because just saying don't do it yeah i mean theoretically but their brains aren't developed and they're they're they might need to go oh i don't want to lose that again they might need something to latch on to and go oh there are consequences to my actions because i'm afraid that the kid wouldn't take a a a firm speaking to as a a real consequence like that well and you also have to i mean maybe or maybe not And also, you know, kids are learning how to generalize. And so, you know, you may have told them, you can't hit a stranger's car with your wiffle ball bat. But the question is, can the kid generalize to, you can't hit stranger's dogs with your wiffle ball bat. You can't hit strangers with your wiffle ball bat. You can't hit stranger's cars with rocks. You know, can the kid generalize to other things and assume rules that he hasn't explicitly been told? Um, That's one of the most important things for kids to learn. Uh, and so you have to make sure that that lesson is getting through. I don't know. Again, back to me being a serious kid. I don't know if I was super intuitive or, you know, there's a lot of, maybe there's just there's just too many variables to consider. But I didn't do things like that. I didn't whack people's stuff with sticks or baseball bats or anything. Like, I was well behaved. And I even recall watching, like, my peers growing up in classes misbehaving and doing some crazy things and thinking, wow, that this is nuts. I can't believe you know my people my age do this and this was at young ages so uh i don't know like were you ever the kind to go around doing that i mean i I, obviously i don't have a conscious memory or a a, a very clear one anyway of what it was like to be four and what i was thinking exactly so yeah i wasn't a really um a mischievous kid i didn't i didn't do a lot of bad stuff and like where do you think that comes from it's like obviously our parents but there are plenty of parents i'm sure that lay the ground rules are firm and loving and do all the right things right but the kid just wants to whack things with a wiffle ball bat and they just so they just do <laughs> yeah i mean i guess um a big part of it is you know personality and temperament um and you know i guess there's a non-negligible part that's just opportunity uh curiosity probably plays into it as well like I mean, at some point, you got to wonder what happens when you smack the dog with your wiffle ball bat. Like, what's going to happen then? Like that, if you're really curious, that might override your your calm temperament or your respect for the rules. 
Well, how about, like, what if you look at life through a lens of, like, boundaries and everyone's wanting to test boundaries? So, like you said, curiosity fuels this testing of boundaries. What happens when this happens? Do it, Are there consequences? And all of these things. But weirdly enough, even me, the obedient kid that didn't, I, I wanted to know the boundaries and I wanted to abide by them. I wasn't interested in pushing the limits of the boundaries. I was more interested in, like, like applying the boundaries as much as I could like tell me articulate it let me let me map it onto other areas mm. of my life and whereas the other ki- the kid that maybe is more mischievous or whatever is more like f- still exploring boundaries but just not as obsessed with like or not as interested in finding the limitations and staying within it it's more just like where is the end here where is the end when do I get stopped <laughs> when does right. the pushback happen here, here's an explanation that's uh very flattering to me um, and and you probably as well. Like when it comes to boundary recognition, it's kind of a generalization problem. Like I said, like maybe as kids, we were just really good at predicting what the actual boundaries were. You know, we didn't have to be told what not to do for every specific little thing because we knew, hold on a second, this might get me in trouble. Uh, So I probably shouldn't do that. Whereas you know, kids with a different temperament or um, less ability to generalize might say, well, they didn't tell me not to, you know, put crayons in the toaster. Um, <laughs> and they mean it, though. They're, like, genu- genuinely confused in that moment going, well, I didn't know I couldn't. You never said that. Or right. is that an excuse-making thing? But it, I mean, it, it, there could also be an impulsiveness part to it as well, and that's probably more temperament-based. You know, right. Some people are just more impulsive and, you know, they don't think about the consequences. They just really want to do something right now, like put peanut butter in the washing machine or yeah. something. Yeah, no, yeah. that's and that was not impulsive. I don't know. Like I was very reserved, and and I just wonder where that comes from. Like we we use temperament or disposition or we use these words, but you know, I guess it's coded in our DNA. Yeah, science, science, and science. stuff. Science. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's, the mystery, the magic, leaking out of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, something happened to you this weekend. Yep. What was it? I ordered some pizza. Oh yeah. Did anything else happen to you this weekend? Uh, I got in a car wreck. That's crazy. And and you had texted me that, and then I I I was like, whoa, are you okay? Like, what's was it a fender? Would you call it a fender bender? And then you sent me the pictures, and uh, I mean, I'm guessing your car's totaled. Like, is that how? Probably when when so. do you find that out? Like, what? When did this happen? By the way, was it yesterday? Yeah. 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 Yesterday morning. Yeah, I don't know when I'll find out. I hopefully soon, so I'll know what to do. Can you walk me through really quickly what happened? Uh yeah. So actually, I was. I, I slept in a little bit. It was like 9.30, and I actually thought to myself, you know what? I'm tired of being cooped up. I kind of want to go out and explore a little bit. So there's this part of town that I'm considering moving to, and I thought, you know, it would be real nice to drive down there and just kind of scope things out, uh, get lunch at a new place, that kind of thing. So I was actually in adventure mode, um, which actually I'm not in that mode that often. I, I kind of prefer non-adventure mode but i was in adventure mode and so you know i got an adventure um it (laughs) was uh (laughs) it was uh it it had rained earlier in the morning so the roads were a little wet and um 
I was just driving along. Traffic was kind of moderate. I was on a two-lane, um, you know, two lanes going one direction uh, road, and at a stoplight. And then the stoplight turned green. There's another stoplight a little bit ahead. Uh, I wasn't in a hurry, so you know I wasn't driving fast or whatever. This was speed limits like 35 on this road, and there were a couple cars ahead of me in the lane. Um, and I saw uh, the car in front of me put on their brakes kind of hard. Uh, I was plenty I was plenty far away from them, so uh, I wasn't really concerned. But they like kind of slammed on their brakes. You can tell when someone slams on their brakes because you know their car kind of jerks about yeah. a little bit. Um, and so I saw that, and so that made me have to brake kind of hard, like more uh, more forcefully than is comfortable. Like if I was just naturally stopping with no other vehicles around, this would. And you were in the car with me, you would go, man, Bennett, you're uh, braking a little hard there. You would comment <laughs> yeah. on it. But you wouldn't be like putting your hands on the dash for your safety or anything. Okay. Um, like so my you tires felt very was, in control is what oh, you're Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, completely. And so like I, uh, I was braking and I came to a stop. Uh, I, I was like at the point of coming to a stop maybe uh, two feet or something from the back of the car in front of me. Uh, and then at the moment that I was coming to a stop, wham! And someone just rear-ended me from the back. Uh, and you never saw that coming? No, I wasn't looking in my right. rearview mirror at that point. Um, and actually, my rear window was kind of foggy because of the uh, because of the rain um, and uh, the humidity. And so I couldn't really see clearly out my back window anyway. Um, but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to behind me. I had just come to a stop. I was focusing on the car in front of me, and yeah, right. someone behind me rear-ended me and knocked me into the car in front of me and knocked that car into the car in front of them. Uh, and so my car kind of got squashed. Uh, my airbag sh- you know, shot out and all that. Nonsense. So it shocked you, so, though. You know, you're looking forward and thinking, I just avoided a wreck. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was I was thinking, whew. You know, like I had I had like an instant of relief of like, well, you know, dodge that one or yeah, it came, you know, came to a stop or whatever. And then it hit me. Someone hit me. Um, <laughs> well, that's what, it sounds like a movie moment, right? Almost like a trope in a horror movie right, where yeah. you think, oh, the bad guy's not there. And, you know, you open the closet. He's not there. You feel that sense of relief. And then the killer pops out somewhere else or behind you. And like, right, that's what, right. that's what you experience. Yeah. Would you, would you say you're like a better than average driver if you were to self-evaluate based on I guess purely yes. anecdotal stuff? Definitely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if my Mario Kart rankings are any indication. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, no, I I think so. Like, I mean, I'm attentive. Uh, I, my reflexes are good. Like, I don't. I'm not aggressive. I don't do stupid stuff. When I drive, like, you're risk averse. I'm, you drive defensively generally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm aggressively defensive. I would say <laughs> that's how defensive I am. Super um, aggressively. Oh, you're offense. It offends people how defensive you're. Offensively how defensive. I am. defensive. <laughs> I'm offensively defensive. Um, no. Uh, no. Really, I think I'm a. I'm a decent driver. I don't. Yeah. I don't like. I don't have many of those moments where. You know, I'm in a weird situation. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 what do I do here? You know, like a lot of people, like if you ever ride, you know, ride in the car with your mom or something <laughs> and like someone doesn't use their blinker or the light, or you come up to a traffic light and the power has gone out and it's just flashing or just some 
slightly unusual situation. They get real nervous and they're just kind of like, oh, oh, right. Some uncertainty around. presents itself, and yeah, just not it, sure what to do. <laughs> not they they don't want to press the gas. They don't want to press the brake. They just don't commit to any action and just kind of roll along into the unknown, you know. And right. that doesn't really happen to me. Um, and it, you know, at least not not any time that I can recall. Like generally, I'm just I'm doing something that needs to be done when I'm driving. So There's yeah, I would say that takes over. I, that, I know that yeah. the sounds like I'm you know very full of myself when it comes to driving, but actually I'm just a pretty confident and sure and aware driver. Like I just don't I I don't have there aren't many instances where something goes wrong and I go oh that was my fault. You know, occasion very occasionally that happens um, as it happens to everyone, but very very rarely. So in this situation, you're 0% at fault, clearly, right? You've come to a, com- you said a complete stop or a near complete stop, uh, avoiding the Yeah, I was, I, there was no, there was no danger of me hitting the person in front of me without someone else, you know, joining in to, to give me some extra momentum. And um, given the, the damage of your car, they hit you. I mean, I mean, it, it yeah, almost begs were, the question, did they break at all? <laughs> like they, your car is totaled almost, or probably. Yeah, there were. There were no skid marks on the road anywhere, um, not from my tires, not from their tires. Uh, when the officer was recounting what happened, um, he said that the, the person who hit me just didn't even break. So I guess um, they just weren't paying attention at all How, and just kind of ran right into that me. That is probably, frustrating. Probably going, they were probably going on a 30, 35, 30 or 35 miles an hour. I mean... Yeah. And you're not injured at all, like not even whiplash, nothing like that. No, I'm fine. No cuts or yeah. bruises. I did. I did notice uh, a little bit of tenderness, like on my lower abdomen, like I guess from the seatbelt, uh, getting yanked into the seatbelt a little bit. But it's it's, it's nothing. Like there's basically zero injuries. And so you thankfully. were were you conscious of the airbag going off? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was an annoyance. Like, actually, it would have been better in my situation if the airbag didn't go off. Like, it's not like it it helped me. It was just kind of like as soon as the the collision, the rear collision happened, I was, you know, again, this is instance. I'm just like, oh crap! And then I got pushed forward into the other car, and that's the impact that set off the airbag. And so I was just kind of like, oh, crap, and then, oh, crap, and then the airbag goes off kind of pointlessly. Um, uh, <laughs> it's like distinctly after the impacts have happened and you've been jolted the way you... I mean, that that blows my mind. The idea is that they pop out so fast on impact that, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if the impact had been hard enough to really throw me forward, then it would have kept me from slamming my face into the steering wheel. But the impact wasn't hard enough to throw me forward that much. So it was really more just the airbag going off in my face than it was my face getting stopped by the airbag. Right. If that makes any sense. No, it does. Uh, so, yeah. Um, does this, did the scare of being hit, so I'm sure it's like an immediate jolt of adrenaline and all of that. And because it was so surprising, you were probably disoriented for a moment looking around and going, is something else, are there more cars coming? Is this going to be a nightmare of a pile up or anything? Did, did any of those thoughts race through your head? Or like, how long did it take you to go, go oh, this car behind me hit me? Was that instantaneous or was there it just was, a confusing I mean, it moment? Was very fa- it was very fast. It wasn't very confusing. Like I said, I was at a stop. I was aware of my surroundings in front of me, you know, like what was going on in front of me was very clear. 
Um, this is this is not a high speed area of road or anything like that. Um, and then you know as soon as the person hit me, they it was apparent after I got out and looked at what was going on. It was apparent that they noticed at maybe the very last second, looked up and saw oh crap, and they just tried to swerve to the right because they hit mostly the back right side of my car. Um, and then you know after the impact, when I looked, I saw them in a pickup they're in a pickup truck just pulled up on the curb on the right side of the road there so i saw that and i saw the damage and and immediately knew oh that's what happened they hit <laughs> yeah. me um so, so did they call the cops do you know who called the cops and how, how long did it take for them to show up uh the person in the very front so there are four total vehicles involved um a, a guy in the very front uh, a girl that was directly in front of me who like who initially slammed on her brakes and bumped the guy in front of her. The, the guy in the very front is the one who called uh, okay. the police. Um, and they took a long time to arrive, probably half an hour, 25 what? minutes. What? Seriously? I guess they yeah. said no one's hurt, so they didn't put it on emergency status or something. Yeah, it took it took 25 minutes or so for the uh, police officer to arrive. Another 35 or 40 minutes for the first tow truck to arrive, and then an additional... 10 minutes or so for another tow truck to arrive for my car. Wow. So I, I, I was sitting, I was standing out there for a long time. I got to ride in the back of a police car. So that was uh, an interesting experience as well. Cause he took me, he took me home. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's the whole thing. This whole thing's super inconvenient and like, and I'm sure there's, what do you call it? Blame assignment. And like the person in the truck or whatever, the person that hit you from behind is the one that, essentially gets the blame do they do they actually i don't know much about this do they divvy up blame do they say 90 percent this person 10 percent this person and that sort of thing I, I i don't know either um you know i've not been in <clears throat> i've only been in one other car accident um i guess which was only last year someone kind of ran into me in a parking lot and dented my door so there was just two vehicles there and it was clearly his fault so you know that one was easy i don't really know how they do it in a, a case where there are four vehicles and I which mean, i imagine the, is frequent right like lots of little pile up type stuff yeah 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 i mean i I'm, i imagine it's very frequent so i'm sure there's a way i just don't know what it is um but they just better not divvy any blame to me uh, that's, <laughs> right <clears throat> that's the only that's the only part that i'm too concerned about as long as they you know give me uh the value of my car the appropriate value of my car and that your insurance doesn't go up or this doesn't sort of count against you in any way. Because well, I, yeah, I, I don't I'm, like yeah, that idea. I shouldn't be blamed for this. Uh, and, and I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think I will be. I mean, if, if my last uh, parking lot run-in was any indication, then I think it, you know, that one went relatively smoothly on the insurance side. Um on the repair side, it sucked, but on the insurance side, fine. But aren't you suspicious that insurance, sure, they will say, like, they'll take a note of it because, and I'm actually curious as to why, if it's completely not your fault, I don't want them keeping track of that because if they start to say, okay, well, Bennett had this incident last year and this year, and not, neither of which were in any way your fault, let's just say you're actually unlucky, like, cosmically unlucky. They'd Like, it seems to me they'd still be interested as an insurance company in identifying your unluckiness and like wanting to charge you more like like why why would they record it if it had nothing to do with you the reason you record is to see oh wait you're you getting more wrecks so we need to charge you more isn't that the idea like 
you are the cause of more issues, so we charge you more. Isn't that well, generally but, how insurance is? If you and that's why you get safety, you know, you haven't well, had wrecks and stuff, so we'll, we'll charge you less. Yes, but I mean, if if you're not assigned at fault, then that that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Like you're what you're saying is if you're at fault for a bunch of wrecks, we're going to charge you more. Yeah. But if you're not at fault for the wrecks, then we're not going to charge you more. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. That's um, that's that's and. The- and if anyone is going to be acutely aware of how many idiots there are on the road, it's going to be car insurance companies. You know, I mean, because that's their that affects their bottom line. How many idiots there are, that directly affects how much profit they make. Um, and so, you know, like they have got to be painfully aware that there are people out there who are good drivers who still get in wrecks because other people are idiots. Right. And there's even probably good drivers, great drivers that have been in a... There's got to be the unlucky people in the world, right? The, on the on whatever side of the bell curve where they have had, been in lots of wrecks, none of which are their fault. Um, and I guess yeah. the insurance well, the insurance is never having to pay for that anyway. They're just kind of taking note of that stuff. Like the other right. insurance is paying for it, right? The person whose fault it is. Right. And there are other, other factors at play too. You know, how frequently you drive is a big factor as well. The more you're on the road, the more likely you are to get in an accident, regardless of your skill um, right. at driving. That's um, what's funny. The algorithm for the cost is super interesting. They're interested in your gender and they're interested in what, uh, they're very interested in what kind of vehicle you have. So if you have a four wheel drive, then the idea is if you have a big old truck or in its four wheel drive, that means you're towing stuff or going off road. Either way, you're, you're, it's higher risk uh, driving, I suppose. Um, and so things, or sports cars obviously cost more, uh, that sort of stuff. So, right. Yeah, it's, it is interesting. I kind of don't like it, but I understand it. Yeah, well, and more expensive cars. This one, the, this makes a bottom line sense to me is if expensive cars cost more to insure just because if you damage it, then it costs more to fix. And sure, I get that, that but, but other things start to feel really weird, like age, like, oh, you're older or younger, younger, <clears throat> like when you're really young or really old. You're well, what annoys me is that, I mean, if if it was if it was option if getting car insurance was optional, then fine, you know, use whatever rules you want. But since having car insurance is mandatory, then it just kind of seems like it just kind of seems like some crap that you're subject to the you know to these somewhat arbitrary rules. Uh, or the idea that a male like or a, that. a male and a female driving the same car, the same age, from the same everything it's just one's a boy or a guy and one's a girl like one they'll be paying different prices very likely that's right. so that's strange to me i get if one's deciding to get a lamborghini or something you know um i even get the sort of offer if you're buying vehicles that are designed to do some crazy things then you're probably going to do crazy things with them so, and you want to know the craziest part it's that they charge more for the guys <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> completely backwards doesn't make any sense I have heard that they charge more. This is this is kind of just more. I don't know if this is true or not, but yeah, they charge like teenage boys a lot more than teenage girls, even though the stats sort of bear out the teenage girls get in slightly more wrecks. Uh, or it, once you once you, it, it's actually like men drive a lot more than females. So, but you have to so you have to look at miles on the road to be interested in like the true statistic, right? Not just flat number and say oh the population is roughly 50 50 so that means 
and mm-hmm. there are more men who are in racks, but they're driving significantly right. more. And that bears out, like, you know, if my girlfriend and I go somewhere, I tend to drive. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a pattern that a lot of relationships follow. Um, right. You know, good old sexism. So. Yep. Gotta love it. <laughs> but that means, yeah, if you did, if you just measured my miles driven in a year, it's a lot more. And then statistically, I'm more likely to get in a wreck then, but yep. I could be a safer driver and in more wrecks. That's what's right. interesting. So well, That's one annoying thing about my wreck is that I drive very little. Like, I, d- I don't drive very much. Um, and so it's just very annoying to, to get, get in a wreck. And, and, and another you- thing that annoys me too is that I mean, it's kind of it's kind of futile to think about this thing, kind of thing. But like, I slept in, which is un- already unusual. Usually, I wake up at a very consistent time. But and so that was already anomalous. And then I was doing this anomalous thing with my morning. And uh, also, when I was leaving my apartment, there's there's a, a little cul-de-sac or a roundabout, I should say, where you have to decide whether you're going to go left or you're going to go right. And since I was going somewhere unusual, I wasn't really thinking about it, and I went left when I should have gone right, and that cost me probably an extra two minutes. Um, and then mm. I also for- forgot my water bottle, uh, and as soon as I was pulling out of my apartment, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm kind of thirsty. Should I go back and get my water bottle? Any one of these things altered would have avoided me getting in this, uh, this car wreck. Ah, uh, uh, spider effect. So all of these things had to happen, all at this, you know, all combined in order for this to, because because it was you know a difference of seconds there that would have uh, you know put me in a different lane or put me at you know before or after the stoplight turning or the person behind me not being in the same spot. Like all of these things would have changed. It is interesting that your wreck happened in a in a place you don't typically drive because for obvious reasons most wrecks occur close to home or you know and because you're driving around that area the most but also because i think we the automaticity kicks in and so we we project familiarity with the experience so if you're coming around that corner you know it it, it, if something's different or out of place it's more likely to throw us whereas if you're in a new area everything's new and so you're more alert and you were in a situation that was new and you were alert and then you did everything right and then the universe screwed you anyway (laughs) yep but you know, I guess uh, one one other you know when you're thinking along those lines, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really work, or at least it's not worth spending a lot of time thinking about because you know who's to say that any other strange combination of uh, of actions that morning wouldn't have resulted in me in a different land getting hit by a different person that or could killed, have been worse, right? Yeah, you, know? you could you, this right. could, it could have saved your and, life. All those little things, so. and it also makes you think that like. You know, there, it, what happened to me is a very rare, a rare event, but it makes you think how many rare events you're dodging every moment. You know, like what, what different, you know, if I forgot my water bottle before I went walking around the lake earlier, like it's kind of the spider effect as we call it, uh, you know, <laughs> these little, little bitty actions having a potentially big reaction down whatever timeline, uh, and which actions combine to get you to a really crazy action? So that, just some that, it makes my brain destination sort of thing. <laughs> it does because everything that actually happens is statistically like pretty improbable that that exact thing and that sequence of events happens. But it all it is right. always happening. <laughs> so statistically yes. improbable things are 
always yeah just always well happening. that's that's the interesting thing about hindsight is that when you're at you know when you're right before an event happening that whatever event it is is very statistically unlikely ostrich like that me saying the word ostrich right, <laughs> right then if <clears throat> if you had if i had asked you what are the odds of me saying ostrich in this conversation at the beginning of our conversation you know there's not a number small enough that you could even say but i did i said it and now with hindsight that probability it's, is guaranteed you know it's one i right. definitely said the word ostrich <laughs> uh-huh. and so that's like hindsight changes our our understanding of probability instantly like right when something happens it's like oh yeah that ha- that definitely happened where even that, uh, that you know, a few of- moments about a few moments ago it's like oh, the odds of that happening are pretty low Right, and you almost have an "of course that happened." It's the narrative we start to build. Well, this hat, this it pretty much had to happen this way when you think about it. He mm-hmm. had to say something random to make his point, and of course it was ostrich because, and then whatever justifications I want to insert, uh, yeah. maybe you just saw an ostrich earlier, something like that. <laughs> that was just the first uh, first word that came into my brain. So, random, ostrich. such a random, random. word. So random. <laughs> Hey, you know what we haven't done in a while? What have we not done in a while? Mind your morals. Mind your morals. Uh, <laughs> I really should work on these before I yeah. just say them. But uh, I, I, I would actually like that if we have like, uh, you know, Daniel Does Science or all these different ones or have a little jingle. Have a little jingle with <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> Where you could press a button and it's really cheesy morning radio like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daniel does science and science, some gloopy science, like science, chemistry science, noises. Gloop gloop Yeah, I would like that. I bet that'd be fairly easy to find just some cheesy radio show noises, and we do them a little too often. I'd like that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, mind your morals. I want to hear a mind your morals. I'm down. I want to think about stuff. <laughs> All right. So here's one I got for you on the spiciness scale. This one is a medium. Just right. a nice medium, medium I like spiciness. medium spice. In fact, that's typically what I order things. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is perfect then. All right. So imagine that you are gifted a browser add-on by a super hacker friend of yours, or I don't know, some, just someone. Someone gives you a browser add-on, and it adds a button to your Twitter, Facebook, blah blah blah, whatever social media. Um, and this button appears next to your like or retweet or whatever option on other people's posts. So on every other post you see, you have this special button that only you get to see in your browser. Mm-hmm. If you click this button, it sends an untraceable electrical surge through the interwebs, and it destroys the computer or phone that whoever posted the thing that you're looking at uh, used. Um, Whoa. It destroys yeah. the computer through which they posted, so if, or if their phone, yeah. yeah. The, so if they, whichever one there, you you know, destroys their phone or computer. So, um, you know, someone uh, someone posts something you don't like, you have the special button that says zap or whatever. It's like like, share, zap. You click the zap button, and all of a sudden their phone, you know, fries uh, in their hand. Yeah, and, and it just like, goes oh, off. Crap. Like there's no danger. It's mm-hmm. just like an unfunctional or dysfunctional phone now. It's just blank. Like it doesn't explode in their hand or hurt no, it them. It just, no, uh, no, no, it doesn't explode working. or hurt them. It just destroys their phone. Their phone is now worthless. Okay. Except as a paperweight. Okay. And it never, it, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it never can be traced back to me. Yep. Uh, Untra- totally untraceable. 
Um, no one will. Be- I mean, the the person who had this happen will never know what they'll just think their phone, you know, had some crazy glitch and died. Like they yeah. will never be able to attribute it to some one who read their social media post, um, unless. Well, you know, unless a string of events happens or something, but but from one incident, they will never be able to attribute it. Certainly not to you, and probably not to uh, social media. Okay, all right. So I'm that following. so that's that's the situation. So I've got a bunch of uh, y- using that technology, a bunch of little situations that I want you to assess the morality of pressing pressing that button. Okay. Um, so, because generally what, I'd like to comment on it, but I think I'll wait till the how I. I think I'll wait and hear your questions first. Okay, so let's just um, let's start with. Uh, um, which one should we pick? Let's just let's just start with a what's something simple. Let's just say someone says something really mean, uh, really mean, not to you personally. You just observe. You know, maybe someone posts a picture of them walking their dog and someone else uh, comments that their dog is really ugly or something. Um, is that, uh, what, assess the morality of zapping their phone in that situation. Um, I would say it's pretty immoral to, to do that. <laughs> in fact, very immoral. Um, <laughs> and I don't, this might make you have to jump, jump some questions here, but my personal use, I just would not use it. Um, Ever. There's no ev- circumstance under uh, which you would use the button. Okay, so I'm not prepared to say that. That was my initial reaction. If I start thinking through, if I started saying I could I could stop terrorism from spreading, you know, and really get in yeah. line with, you know, now I'm, now I'm doing what I'd call the good work or something. Um, sure. But, but I'm not interested in taking like political opinions that I don't agree with, and like so that I, I'm a, I'm a, almost guessing that would be one of your questions. But um, uh, we'll stay within the being being mean. Not only would I not do it, I think I think someone else doing it is immoral too. Like you're mm-hmm. a couple things are going on with this. You're you're silencing them. Oh wait, does it also take the post away, or is the post there? It's just like normal. Like the post got... is there, like normal. It doesn't okay. do anything to the post. Uh, it it only it only uh, destroys their device. Yeah, so it's destroying an expensive piece of property, whether it's a phone or mm-hmm. a, or a computer. Or, yeah, Both are computer. very expensive, right? Um, yes. And that the idea of uh, I I find it difficult like. We can kind of agree what mean means, being mean, but I don't think, like, this whole push to sort of outlaw being mean or saying mean things is foolish because meanness exists. And I don't think Mm -hmm. the job of, whether it's the government or even, like, me as a teacher, is not to make meanness go away completely. It's for you, it's it's to manage uh, what to do when mean things happen or, like, like, I tell my students actually that like don't don't make a mistake in thinking you're just a super nice person. We're all sort of jackasses, <laughs> and and like like our point is to fight our jackassery, like to manage our jackassery, to acknowledge that we are jackasses, and then to do things to combat that. But it, but it's foolish to think uh, I'm just not a jackass or I'm not I'm just completely good, you know. And the same thing is like okay, 
to go around trying to manage the meanness on the internet. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so weird. I mean, how many things would I have to zap? And, and then it's selective, like, oh, I just don't like it when people say mean things about dogs or mean things about people that resemble me or whatever then, then well I mean, yeah obviously just... you're not going to be able to wipe out all meat you, you know you're not going to make it your full-time job to zap everything uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm also coming but, at this from well go ahead but but like could, could it be that you could be the bat the batman in a way of you know giving people what they deserve uh you know if someone like i mean obviously i I tend to agree with your assessment if someone just says something mean oh your dog is ugly then that you know you're not going to want to destroy their phone for that um but uh but let me let me walk through some other some other situations so so like kind of like you suggested let's say that you know there's a politician that you don't agree with you know maybe it's Maybe it's Trump, maybe it's Biden, maybe whatever. It doesn't matter. Let's just say there's a politician you don't agree with. They say something that you consider unpalatable. Um, like, like let's let's even consider a range here. Let's say unpalatable, um, and then let's say something that you have serious moral qualms with. Like, I don't. We don't have to get into any sort of specifics, but let's right. just say that one of these politicians uh, endorses some sort of action that you think is deeply wrong whether it's for the country or for you know humanity like or truly whatever violates the case may be. my moral compass or what yeah, it violates the, you because surely you can think of some example of this having really happened you know some politician yeah. saying something that you find pretty abhorrent uh like it's not no matter what your values are it's easy to find that kind of thing so um is it ever justifiable? I mean, and these are politicians who have a lot of money, and you know, they're, you know, this is going to be an inconvenience for them. Uh, they're, they'll easily be able to replace their phone or computer. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm giving justifications already. I don't, I won't taint your response. What do you, what do yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, you're, I'm not. The button doesn't take away the message, so the message is still getting out there. Um, but even if it was, I. I'm uncomfortable with um, sort of you've given power to me to exercise my moral authority um, and and just yield it and go around and sort of uh, I would say punish is a good word punish those who I disagree with and that really grosses me out in a lot of ways and so um, even if someone says something that I find immoral like why am I I mean, I'm more interested in if there was somehow a button that could give me the an equal platform or or uh, sphere of influence. Like, you know, if someone really famous says something morally, you know, I guess a politician's good. Like, so if if a politician says something and are reaching millions of people, I I am interested in countering them and having and being able to reach that same audience. Like I'd like my well, audience. You can already do that. You can you can just comment yeah. on whatever they say. Yeah, you are that's true. But but it's not true that like if if one politician comments not everyone's reading what everyone's saying back. Like they, they clearly like the president's tweets are more read by than than some dissenting yes. you know person. Yeah, so right. Um, so I, but, so yeah, I just don't have an interest, even if it violates my moral code, like, all right, well then like, let's, I'd like to be able to combat it possibly. I I mean, I choose not to even partake in social media that much, but the idea of combating it 
in an open you know marketplace of ideas all that stuff like that sounds great um just sort of destroying someone's property because i disagree i mean you can see how that maps on right yes. now y- yes <laughs> is that yes. did i just make the connection that you were kind of uh, building I, no, toward I, no i, I wrote, actually wrote this uh weeks weeks and weeks ago so there was no no connection that i was trying to get this wasn't to. like the exploding cars and corona <laughs> yeah no no this is not a an orchestrated mind your morals okay but it was, just, i just got there though I was but, like, wait but you're why, right. why would you, I, you, I disagree with you i'm going to destroy stuff you connected not, some <laughs> dots you connected some very useful dots there yeah. um but yeah. they were not dots that I uh, intentionally drew, but but you're right. Um, so okay, so so fine. That's 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 fine. What if, what if it's um, not a politician, but it is, you know, the head of some foreign country that's a bad dude? Like imagine, um, like you know, the leader of Iran, or maybe it's like Kim Jong Un or you know, some bad dude okay. who is uh, posting stuff. Let's. Let's just let's even disregard the content of what he's posting. It's just some bad dude yeah. posting stuff, an enemy of, you know, our country and presumably of you, uh, posting stuff. Um, could, would you zap his phone and computer? Um, I mean, just a quick side note, and this might make me sound a little silly, but like, like, if I think there can be enemies, like two two nations can have they can be enemies toward each other, and then so each side, you know, the the other one's the bad dude. But but then there are people like Kim Jong Un, which I think are just actually enemies toward humanity in a lot of ways, right? Like they're elevating right. themselves, hurting their own people, and so take someone like him, and I don't, I actually maybe don't pause there because I am I am uh, punishing someone who just almost absolutely deserves it. I would give more pause to just sort of diplomatic, like, oh, this per- this leader hates the U.S. and, you know, or like some tensions like China-U.S. or China-Russia, I mean, whatever. Yeah, like, so, okay, so that's interesting distinction then. Let's say it's Xi Jinping, the uh, the, the leader of China. Um, there, he's not direct, you know, directly our enemy in the same way that North Korea is. Um, so would you zap his phone? Um, I would consider it. This is where I would have to like go team up with some people who I'd have to go read a bunch of stuff. I mean, I mean really, obviously, I would. He, obviously, he's going to be able to replace his Ob- phone easily. Um, and this is, I tr- it, trust me, this hacker that gave you this, this is he's the best. So this is truly untraceable. You don't have to worry about the Chinese mafia tracking you down. Um, right. No worry and about he's that. Saying so you things could. That he, you could every week, you know, every time he replaces his Huawei phone, you could log on and zap it, and it would be pretty hilarious. Yeah, and he just can't seem to find a a piece that works. You know, he's like everything he's like, breaks ah, when he has it. Damn Chinese phones! <laughs> time to buy an American phone. That's kind of um, funny. <laughs> I would I would consider it though. Um, and, but so for someone like Kim Jong Un, this would I assume it would be an easier decision. Yes, like I I, I almost want to say yes because if I can limit um, potential pain he's causing, and he's just causing sort of everyone but himself and his very very narrow set of followers like pain. So um, mm. then it's just more complicated when it's you know a, the leader of a of a nation that that we're in conflict with like that's a little just it's just very gray so i would right. need I, I can't even honestly answer the if i if i could be convinced if you could persuade me that this is going to be more helpful than harmful 
but still there is some moral grayness of just you know destroying someone's property um yeah, i'd still I'd, I'd very much consider it right okay but the more the more powerful they are though the less this is effective right if it's just like this well, i mean yeah yes but you know possibly he you know kim jong-un uses his phone to contact his minions uh and direct some sort of business and if you interrupt that then you know you may actually be doing some small amount of good for, right i've delayed you know, his effectiveness for sure right yeah yeah i mean over over time if you destroy his phone if every day you wake up and check his posts and destroy his phone like <laughs> you're gonna be he's gonna be pissed about it um, <laughs> yeah that's for sure i mean you may uh, here's an interesting uh thing to consider like the people providing him his phone, you may be getting them executed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true, because they think something's up, or he would think something's up with that. Yeah. Give me another question to, to complicate it more. So let's let's back off. Those, All of those are relatively easy, I would say. Um, but let's say now, you remember that guy who hit your car, uh, hit and run a long time ago? Yes, I do. I remember his name clearly. Um, so let's say that for whatever reason, you you know you you see his social media posts, um, and he shares he shares that he just won five hundred dollars in a scratch off lottery. That's his post, and he's like bragging about it. Um, and and you see that post. This is in today's that. context. Ten, yeah, ten years today, after the accident, ten, sure, <laughs> or yeah, not sure. accident, ten, but yeah. yeah, ten years down the road, whatever. And you you haven't heard anything from from him in that m- amount of time, but you see his post that he won $500 in a scratch-off lottery. This guy who yeah. hit, hit and run your car way back Yeah, then. so he violated my moral compass, didn't check on me, hit me, ran away, all of that. And maybe it was just, it really upset me at the time. Um, no, it cost I don't, you a I don't. Bunch, cost you a bunch of headache. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of headache. Uh, and now he's, and he's just won $500 in a scratch-off lottery. So, yeah, like he, he's, he's sitting in the plus. He's in the black now, $500. <laughs> How unjust is this? I should hit it. No, I, I feel no urge to hit it if we're being honest. I'm trying to answer honestly. It's like funny to say, oh, I'd hit it. Screw him. Screw Jeremy. That was his first name. Um, Jeremy. <laughs> but, but no, I have zero. I mean, this is a, an older incident. Uh, I, I reconciled uh, to some degree um, with this a long time ago i came to peace with all this i carry nothing toward him um so yeah <sighs> all right <laughs> does that disappoint you it's kind of a boring answer like no I, I i'm just press the button. no i'm just trying to morally corrupt you that's all i'm <laughs> just trying to find out how morally corruptible you are i've got a okay. scenario i've got one or if you want to keep like do you want to hear yeah, one on my end say save save yours yeah, up okay. and we'll we'll go yeah. through some some more um at the end. okay so now let's say um Let's say that some high-profile troll-type person uh, on the internet says something blatantly racist, like uh, that. I can't think of any. I'm sure you're aware of some really high-profile troll-type people, um, and they just say something totally disgusting and awful. Um, what What about in that situation? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a temptation. Just someone's causing pain for pain's sake, and they're certainly using the platform irresponsibly and uh but like it goes back to the 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 i think that they're going to pay those consequent those natural consequences i think they're going to get lampooned by so many people um 
And I mean, isn't doxing some form of like, I find doxing to be pretty immoral. Oh, I disagree with you. I'm putting your information out there with the hopes that it gets you. Yeah. Like Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't say his last. I didn't, I'm not telling, I'm not telling, I'm not telling, I'm protecting him. (laughs) What's his address? Why would you protect that guy? (laughs) Um, But, but so someone says something horrible, like explicitly racist or hateful or whatever, sexist, what you name it. Um, I just don't. I don't know. Like, they've said it. They're going to pay the cost, I would think. They've said it. But like, you could make them definitely pay the cost. Um, I mean, I just don't want to just... I, I don't think it's my... Like, I'm. it's my... I have to take ownership of this, even if it's private. Like, morally for me, like, they won't link it back to me. But I have destroyed someone's property. And, like, in order for you to justify me destroying their property, um, I think there has to be some risk, like... Like they're hurting human beings, and me destroying their property is going to uh, delay or or uh, decrease that risk of them hurting someone. Uh, not well, hurting, this, not this hurting me. Prevent, mean, you know. Go this ahead. would prevent them from saying anything else blatantly racist for you know until they could replace their device. I just yes, um, but like. I'm not going to make racism go away on the internet or I'm not like, that's not like, I couldn't do that. Like, and these are, and I think we have to really distinguish between words and thoughts. So like, again, these are saying mean and hateful things. Uh, I mean, I can, yes, I would delay some mean thoughts on the internet. Not interested in that. If you can commit, like, delaying mean thoughts on the internet is a joke. <laughs> like, it's so weird to yeah. say. But whereas, right, yeah. whereas if I am saving someone's life or... I actually physical... really like the way you phrase that. That's very funny. That's very amusing it's to me. Slightly delaying mean I, thoughts I'm, on the internet. <laughs> don't get in my way. I'm righteously delaying mean things people are saying on the internet. Let Versus me put on again, my cape. You, if you had, if I had, if I had some, uh, if if like it was a pedophile ring or something, and I was disrupting that communication and saving some kids, a hundred percent, hundred percent, like yeah, sure. go for it. So yeah, okay. So all right, so one one uh, uh, kind of latching on to that. So if it's let's say it's not a high profile troll type person, let's say it's a a friend of of yours. I use the term loosely, but someone you personally know, maybe someone you went to elementary school with who you don't really keep in touch with but who you know personally they say something really racist or really nasty or whatever it's something reprehensible um i I get the feeling you still wouldn't press the button but how does it compare to the high profile troll type person are you more tempted or less tempted to press the button in that situation i am less tempted to the personal one because their outreach is hurting less people um like if the, the I'm still not pressing the button, you're right. But I'm saying if I were inclined to try and delay meanness on the internet, I would want to go <laughs> after people who have a big platform to get lots of meanness out there to lots of people. So well, let's say let's say that this friend, uh, the thing that they say is targeted towards a group that you belong to. So they insult teachers or they insult poetry or something that you've hold very very dear um, <laughs> or you know your race or religion or one of these lesser things but ma- mainly poetry lesser. they insult poetry does that does this that tempt you at all it doesn't um no it doesn't in fact like and this is where uh, if i'm being honest like not being on social media um you know 
like I, I don't I can't take like posts and all that serious the how much can it hurt me I mean even if it were to be like yeah. Daniel you are a bad teacher that that would hurt if there were a lot of people saying that and they were like past students of mine and like had some credibility but mm-hmm. but like even just saying hey you know white guy or I don't know or like I, I can't going after a straight male or something I don't know I don't feel very I, I can't I can't get that hurt by some comments about who I am on the internet and I'm not trying to brag here I'm just saying like I, I don't yeah, get right. worked yeah. up I over mean, that stuff I don't at all <laughs> like yeah, it doesn't no, interest me, either. me that much I mean maybe we aren't the ideal per- maybe you're not the ideal person to be for me to be morally corrupting and I'm certainly not the ideal yeah like I'm not even invested in this corrupt, yeah this tool isn't isn't that interesting to me because where it would be more interesting to someone who just salivates and wishes they could they could you know they get they get brought into these sort of tweet twitter battles and stuff like that they'd be more interesting to ask because that it sure. means something to them engaging and you know educating the public and all of this would be there ironically i'm not interested in, in educating the public even though i'm a teacher i'm not i'm not interested in uh, uh policing engage, yeah policing stupid stupidity on the internet i'm not, I, that's why i bow out i see how so much of social media is just stupidity and so i i just you know kind of like chuckle at like I, I don't actually chuckle it makes me sad sometimes too because so many people do buy into it but mm. yeah all right so let's say that uh, um I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you anymore, but well, I, I do have a few more written down. So let's um, let's say a stranger. Uh, let, let's let's assume you are posting a little bit more frequently on on some type of social media, and some stranger replies to something you said direct, and he directly and personally insults you. Maybe you go back and forth a few times, and it, it gets a, a little bit heated, and then you know he directly and personally insults you. Um, would would that tempt you at all? Um, would it tempt me? Yeah, but I don't think I'd be anywhere near pressing it. I mean, I, I can I can I can do this thought exercise where I get dragged into it and find myself almost embarrassed that I'm doing it. But dang it, I I just gotta go type out the long response and try and be thoughtful and like. I could see that happening. I've had lapses, right? I'm not completely immune where I'm just like, I need to say this or whatever. So I can imagine I mean, the scenario you're creating, right? And and that they right. say it and I'm actually pretty ticked. Like enough that maybe I'm maybe I'm even thinking about it in bed, sort of thinking of some of the phrases or ooh, I could say this or whatever. I could go down that rabbit hole for a little bit. Um, but, but you even, don't have to even say anything. You press this button and their phone is just fried they'll never know it was you they will st- they will now be s- simmering about i can't, i was trying to respond to daniel and my phone died on me and like you know you're going to get the last word here and yeah. you will have really ruined their uh you know their evening um and their to, phone to be honest like i'm yeah, I would not. I'm not. I'm miles away from pressing that. Like I just, I, I don't. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I really am. I'm not even close. All right, fine. <laughs> okay. Now let's I'm say so, I'm so moral. That, <laughs> let's say that someone met, messages you anonymously or something, and they claim to have nudes of your girlfriend, and they threaten to share them on the internet uh, if you don't do meet their. Yeah. Okay. Good. Send scenario. them fifty bucks. Send them fifty bucks, or some PayPal them fifty bucks, or I don't know some whatever method. Sell them some Bitcoin or some crap. Okay. They have they have some demand, and they say they've got 
their nude. They've got nudes of your girlfriend on their phone. They're gonna share them if you don't. Uh, if you don't give them pay some fifty money. bucks, hundred bucks, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah no, I actually, I'm pressing the button. Yeah, easily. <laughs> All right, you got me. Gotcha. Like screw that person for even if it's like not. Let's just say like I'm like, hey, do you have nudes floating around out there? That she's like, definitely not. <laughs> I'd still press the button um, because this is some. They're probably not just doing it to me, um, and I like and it needs to be destroyed. Like they just need to go down. Like they're going around basically com- committing acts of terror. I mean, I don't want to compare it to bombing stuff or sure, you know, yeah. but it's like. Yeah, screw you, and I would take glee in their phone. Being, it also <laughs> right. solves the problem too. I would enjoy uh, it. So yeah, you've definitely good. I finally, I finally got the response I wanted from you. Does um, that surprise you that I'd press line. it in that scenario? No, no, it doesn't surprise me. I just, you know, I just wanted to construct. I think they, I think they deserve it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm, I, I don't like to be clear. I don't disagree. I don't think I disagree with any of the any of your decisions under any of these. I mean, which may not be surprising. We have relatively similar moral codes, but um, but I'm just glad finally that you're pressing the button. So Kim Jong-un, jerk who threatens you, your, uh, to share your girlfriend's nudes. That's really, that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. All right, I got another scenario for you, though. Um, I've got one more. Oh, Actually, go I've got two more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what about uh, <clears throat> spam texters? So, you know, you get some spam... Let's let's just imagine you can do it on a text or something as yeah. well. You just get some spam. I've been getting a lot of spam texts. Me lately. too. Uh, Me too. Seriously, uh, political ones just, and just spam yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, political ones, which I don't, just I don't know annoys how, me to but... no end. And and I've gotten ones that saying like, "Oh, you have a package that needs to be claimed. Click this suspicious link." Ugh, like, yeah. um, um, what about I, what about in that situation? Yep, I think I go and just well, maybe not the the um. The political ones that have somehow probably paid for your information and through CD means, but they're really just trying to get you to sign up and contribute and donate. Like that's annoying. So I don't know that I want to go. Dist- I might definitely the sort of click this link that's probably gonna try and steal information from you. I'd go mm-hmm. ahead and yeah, destroy, destroy. Um, the what if po- it's, the, uh, the annoying political ones. Um, <sighs> what if um, it's I don't know. What if it's a political one from the from the party that you do not ascribe to? makes Whatever no difference to me like they just paid yep. they're both cd that i feel exactly the same about getting that text to be honest like whichever side mm-hmm. i'm just like right. ugh, this is like you're you're invading my f- like phone feels even different than getting somehow like an email in your or, email I yeah agree. yeah so yeah i've i've actually this week gotten three or four of those and this is a new experience and i have felt that annoyance for the first time and noticed like now this is an interesting kind of annoyance that I have because there's nothing there's nothing I can do about this. There's no way to unsubscribe or anything because they just change the number and send it to you again. You know, like I, it's from a different number every time. It's not right. like you can block it. Right. There's nothing, and I don't know. I just I so the destroying it might not even do anything because it really well maybe it would go to that mega computer if it's sent from that, but I don't know. Um, well, every time I mean, like. I, yeah, I, for the political ones, I don't know, but for the spam ones, you know, it's probably some automated thing or some uh, call center people in India or something, you know, and they're ultimately doing things for a profit. And so the more of their equipment you destroy, the less profitable their endeavor. Um, well, I mean, so. 
there, there's spam and stuff and there's like but you know they might even be offering like health insurance or just random crap and like whatever it's spam and I, that's a that's an interesting the distinction between spam and versus versus the uh, probably thieves right that are trying to you know right. do something to your phone get some information out of it so I, no hesitation about them because then I'm destroying the very tool that they're using to try and take advantage of people I'm slowing them down pretty easy yes um, spam that annoys me and and I do find is a mild moral uh, uh, breaking right they're they're invading my space they've obtained my numbers through cd means they are um mm. but i'm not sure that i feel like i guess balanced in destroying their stuff like i wish i don't know what are your thoughts there would you press the buttons in those cases um i, I would be very tempted uh i mean definitely if it if it looks like it's a phishing uh, attempt, you know, to steal my information, then I'm really not going to have, I'm not going to feel bad about zapping their phone yeah. or computer. Right. Um, if it's just, you know, free penis enlargement pills or some kind of stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm asking about, that stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't need those pills, so yeah, I'll probably just zap them. <laughs> <laughs> Would you really, though, want to just Yeah, I, I, just... I don't want that competition out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't know. Let me let me give a serious answer. Um, yeah, I'd probably zap them. Like, I'd probably zap them. I don't, I don't, I don't Be- like spam crap. I don't like spam, and-, and I also don't even know if if you were to say, "Oh, I could use these pills or whatever." Would would it actually? Would they send you some pills that don't work? <laughs> like, like, no. like, like, I, is well, it a complete? I don't, think, I don't. I actually, you know, I don't know. Um, or whatever the product, any. <laughs> whatever the product. I mean, that's the funny example of a product. But like, you know, just lots of stuff. Or these things that say, "Do mm-hmm. you need health, extra health insurance, or auto insurance?" You know, they range. It just ranges randomly. So, if I called and said, "Yeah, you know, I could, I really could use more minutes than my phone, my yeah, I just service think most provider. of this stuff is trying to scam you. And um, if that's the case, then which I think you're probably right. I'm more inclined to zap them. Just zap them. But there is a, like there is an interesting moral question because you know your zap isn't really targeted. You're just sending a zap out there into the ether to hit who it will, and you know you're not really sure what device. Because I mean, there may be some fishy stuff going on where someone has you know there's a virus on on your grandma's computer that you know someone is using to send out this stuff. Um, right. Right. Like if if you're not fully fully aware of the technical back end of what's going on, like you don't know what you're zapping. When you're zapping Kim Jong Un, you kind of know what you're zapping, but but if but penis enlargement pills, you don't really know what you're zapping. Right. It it is super mysterious. <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Last one. Uh, uh, so the cyclist fan club page. It it just simply exists and. People post on it all the time. Cyclists, so you, you, yeah, cyclists. You know, bis- people who drive, yeah. bis- ride bicycles. They have a fan page. Do you just go to town? <laughs> I'm not sure. I understand. Like, no. <laughs> you, you mean you don't go like just zap clubs? I'm not partic- I'm not involved in <laughs> cyclists. Annoying cyclists. Yeah. <laughs> 
really disrupt them their networking so maybe they're out on the road less and that's great <laughs> yeah whatever just make their lives worse or you go to like a justin bieber fan club but you mean cyclists specifically that's what's funny cyclists yeah uh no i don't press that <laughs> uh, all right all right well i guess that's all i got i'm not getting any further with that i've gone down my list from uh... from the most gentle unassuming people to cyclists and that's, that's <laughs> he built all the way to them yeah, i'm curious where do we just well let me let me throw one of these scenarios out that i'm not sure i haven't thought it through yet but hmm. my heart goes out to say there's a student who's a great student means well but is picked on and they show me their social media and there's this particular popular bully kid who is just everything you think of when you think rich popular snobby jerk like and, and they're going out and being hateful to tons of people, but they are being brutal to this, you know, nerdy, you know, means well kid, but just like low hanging fruit to pick on them, right? They're not, sure, yeah. they're, they're, they're just not attractive. They're maybe they're overweight, whatever, insert sure. all the, the reasons, most, so. the most unjust classroom discrepancy situation. And, and then let's, let's even add, let's add to it that not only have they like, been reported to whether it's the school and the parents and all this but like no one has like the the behavior yes the behavior's continued and it's not being taken seriously and it's damaging do i destroy the popular kids phone um Mm -hmm. that that one's an interesting one that so i don't even know i just wanted to put that scenario out there and then and then think it through um, because right. I'm, te- I'm I mean, really it, tempted, right? That's vigilante yeah, justice in a it, way. It seems. So. I mean, it seems like you would be a hypocrite if you destroyed his phone. I know. Just because the same moral reasoning you applied to, you know, the other property damage, the property damage argument, um, and who made you the arbiter of morality? Those sorts of reasonings that you gave would apply to this as well. And it does, and that's why I don't think I'm pressing it. Um, but if you then if I could say this was my own my my dorky son or something and then you have these sorts of I'm the father and like I don't care sometimes like it's my kid and I'm gonna <laughs> no really I could see myself making a hypocritical judgment as a father just too overwhelmed with the I'd I'd like to think I wouldn't you know but but mm. I think it could like that'd be an area where I might go against my ideals and say if no one can trace it back to me and I'm saving my son some pain and other people some real pain and this kid could probably take a social media break you know this this jackass like popular kid then you know i would just i would deal with that internal inconsistency i'd rather deal with the internal inconsistency than the pain on my son's face and knowing all these other kids are hurting too um Mm. that so so i there i could see myself being a hypocrite that way however um Generally speaking, I think I just wouldn't press it for that kid because, I mean, you know, the the dorky kid or whatever that is gonna uh, like. There's a, just a lot to be learned through this the experience. Anyway, um, I hate let, to say it me, like that, but yeah, right. Let let me um, just because we've reached the the end of this one. Let me tweak the scenario a, a little bit because I was just thinking. The, the damage that you're inflicting, you know, is not, obviously this is not hurting someone. <clears throat> if it was hurting someone, then that would, that would 
weigh more heavily into your your moral decisions here. But I wonder if we lessen the impact. So now it's not even destroying their phone. It's just like shutting off their phone and, you know, for like eight hours or something. Like what if it, it just made shuts the down apps glitch out? What if the apps glitched out, but it still worked as a yeah. phone and it could still play games on the phone and like listen to Spotify, but like all social media apps just like glitched out. Is that fair? Is that sort of what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to walk down, you know, gradually walk down the slope of decreasing um, severity of what the zap button does and see if, does it change your answers to any of the situations we examined? Um, in some ways, the lens through which I was putting it is I'm getting to be, you know, the judge and the jury and the prosecutor, you know, all of it. I'm getting to just sure. make all that decision wrapped in one and I don't think that that's okay to do. So, uh, but you're right that one, I'm the the punishment is a is a very tangible like I've taken value out of their pocket, so to speak. Like, whereas now, um, okay, so now I've just made this app broken on your phone. Uh, it's a little different, you know. You can still it. It's a very functional phone. You're just not allowed to get on that medium that you crave that you don't need. So it does feel like a, you've you've changed the morality the a little bit, a little bit. Um, all my same principles, so, I think, still stand, though. Right, <laughs> like, the so violation if, isn't what, as gross, but it's still a violation. So, or What if we make it even less severe, and you're not banning them from the app or whatever, but like I say, it, it just, like, it immediately shuts down their phone and depletes all of the charge, and so it's just, it's an inconvenience. Like, they now have to go, like, plug their phone in and let it charge back up for however long it takes. Um, um, and that's that's what happens to them. Ooh, I don't like that I might change some of my answers, but like take the the kid being bullied and there's a heated exchange. Like it's probably best to just press pause on that heated exchange. Like, so I'm more inclined to do that. Like for the the kid being bullied, right? Like all so now like I've removed the immediacy of that pain. Now if we go back to adults, um. I, I just don't see myself doing like I'm gonna treat kids a little bit differently than I would adults. So these kids are doing some mean things, and you know what? No phone for you. You got to go charge it. Like take a break for a second, kid. I feel comfortable right. doing that, but I don't feel as comfortable doing that even with say the politician I disagree with that's making a moral claim. It's like I I can't look to the adult and say you know what adult no phone for you chill out for a second. I don't know what, like all right. What about what about the button? All it does is it makes their phone like screech really loud and scarily <laughs> for for a couple seconds like just really loud screech that'll make them jump i um, might i might be pressing, what about that? yeah i might press that on everything that sort of annoys me <laughs> <laughs> like i just like sometimes i just do it to you too <laughs> yeah, right, right. yeah and i wouldn't know it's untraceable so i would be like oh my phone just freaking really phone. loud noise that's crazy <laughs> yeah no now i'm just using it a lot yes <laughs> every post that like another baby pick just make their phone screech yeah yeah i would be it would be some pavlovian anti-pavlovian conditioning or something instead yes. of a bell it's just like oh yeah another baby another baby pick oh you're posting political crap again like, uh, that's to- perfect i love that yeah so they're like oh 
and it's weird you could see this develop and then they go to post another picture of their food or a selfie that no one cares about and they and they just go you know what i don't want to do this for some reason (laughs) (laughs) wow this is strange my head's hurting a little bit really don't want to press (laughs) yeah Uh, actually in this strange way you become a social media addict because now you have this power to screech people's phones yeah no that actually might lead me to you give me this power all of a sudden i'm obsessed with just going and making lots of (laughs) what i see is annoying things and screeching i'm I'm on it for hours a day now whereas if you make it more powerful for me i i I back off and don't use it at all it's really weird is that a weird decision making process but it's true that's how i feel i would i would go make people's phones screech all the time for just mild (laughs) annoyances to me so you know i don't know right well i think that just shows that you are uh you're very mildly vindictive, but you don't actually really want to hurt anyone. So maybe that's it. Like I'd be like, you need to put a, an apostrophe. <laughs> like all the little typos. You use the wrong you know? "your." Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah, we should just funny. add that anyway, you know, and make it where you can see who made your your stuff do that. Um, I could also yeah. have fun doing that to like someone making a speech with the phone in their pocket, things like that too. So yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, I like that. Would you also use it a lot more liberally? Oh yeah, I would be scre- I would. I feel the same way. I would be screeching people all the time. Um, <laughs> I would get a kick out of imagining their reaction and like. I mean, it's the same thing of like. I mean, really, that's almost down to the level of you know just harmless prank uh because it's not, it's not gonna hurt them and it's just amusing to me uh so yeah a little bit like maybe that's not exactly moral but i mean we're the risk factor is so low here that uh it you know my amusement just you know, in, in the in the most selfish wins way out. <laughs> you know my amusement wins out Weirdly enough, if I had that power, I might not go and do that to people who post, you know, nasty political stuff or just mean stuff. I would just find more like, like I said, like the third baby picture in a day. Nope, you're getting screeched at uh, or your food. <laughs> you, know, you know, just more social mild violations that are uh, eye rolling because it just seems to fit with a loud screech. Like, yeah, you deserve that. That that fits. So I mean, the the most annoying, I, I don't, I haven't even pulled up facebook and i mean it's been weeks like i just don't i don't use social media i don't have twitter i don't use any of that crap um so and it's and it's a huge relief actually um but the most annoying thing to me on facebook is political crap just crappy political posts all the time Um, that's the most annoying thing and so like i don't think i would be able to resist screeching those people um (laughs) And, like, I used to be annoyed by the dogs and babies and stuff, but, like, whatever. You know, at this compared to the political crap, like, dogs and babies are just kind of like, oh, just I can just scroll past that. And I'll, I don't even really see it. Well, actually, my eyes don't really see anything on social media anymore because nobody, literally zero people, post worthwhile things. Huh? Yeah, like, no, or they're not producing; they're just sharing. And well, yeah, and I mean that's my major gripe because if you think back, you know, to when Facebook was relatively new, um, when we were using it and stuff, we were in co- early in college or whatever. Um, like then, th- there was no share feature. It was you know people writing messages to each other on their walls, you know, and, and that all of your friends could see. 
Yep. And everyone, everyone was yeah. producing something. You know, it was kind of like open email chains in a way, um, open short email chains. And well, that was entertaining, and that was kind of fun, and I could see that being useful, and maybe even, maybe even beneficial. But you know, modern day social media is garbage and almost one hundred percent detrimental. So, I wish that there would be another social media person or, or development to come in and say we're not going to allow sharing we're not going to have a like button and that it is going to be uh about the 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 person on the platform producing th- thoughts and ideas but that, that's like, impossible be- like we're not there this is not a technological advancement anymore this is a um this is a cultural well i know advancement. so i would be that's- even if it was a smaller group of people and it was just no no, no know, i'm but- saying I'm saying what you're asking for is impossible. Like, it just it's not going to happen. It has to come from the people because it's not a problem of technology. It's a problem of of people not having either the energy, ability, or will to generate their own content. It's it's that the easy path is always to sh- to click share or click like or not contribute anything. That's the easy path. It's it's a series of people taking the easy path and producing original content is the hard path so it's not a problem of technology the technology as it stands allows people to create interesting things but people don't do it because there's an easier every update whether it's facebook or um i'll even make a tiktok comment in just a second but like think about that so as you could like a post then you could heart a post and then updates will put like a cry face or and they they might be a little bit animated everything by design is like to make communication automated and choose from this set responses yeah. and people go, Ooh, I like the, you know, dog bouncing up and down one, like it, g- it, gifs yeah. and stuff. It's like, it whoops. encourages emotional reaction rather than thoughtful reaction yes. because you think, Oh, I have this list of five emoji that I can choose from. Like yeah. you, you read something and you react. They're called reactions. You know, when when yep. when companies talk about how many reactions they got, they're talking about that. And you, and you you see something and you knee jerk and you think I'm mad and you click the angry face or oh I am laughing so I click the laughy face and oh. like it you never like if it was just a text box like you might say even if you're saying something as trivial as haha that was funny like. That's still infinitely more valuable to me than clicking a laughy face. Right. Well, I mean, even with the GIF keyboard or GIF keyboard and Bitmoji and things like this, instead of, if you said something funny to me, or if you teased me, instead, I could just, I could search all hell no or something and I find a, a GIF of yeah. like someone shaking their head and like, and then you right. laugh because it is a funny looking GIF. And so... I didn't produce or think of a witty retort. I sort of subbed out. That's the key thing is subbing your wit, subbing your thoughts for something automated and quick and um, polished. Yeah, that's kind of a different a different phenomenon than I was talking about, but an, but an interesting one as well. I wonder, I mean, someone has to create the GIFs. So, you know, there are some people out there producing original content, but like I wonder for kids... Uh, and and adults too like a lot it, posting gifs is very popular um yeah but you're right it makes you it makes you reach into your brain into your catalog of gifs and think or or even outsource it to some search algorithm 
mostly outsourced for content. Yes. Yeah. Instead of gener, instead like it's outsourced wittiness. Yep. And that's interesting. Like, does that mean that in the long run we will generate a population of less witty people? I think so. Yes, I do. Or, or is there any, is is there any counterbalance where being exposed to pre-generated wit makes people understand more what wit is? Um, I think it just just creates a clear divide between producers and sharers, and so very very less and less people produce, and they get interested in it, and they do produce, and they sharpen their wit, and they do have exposure to lots and lots of examples of wit, um, but. I think, yeah, communication just definitely takes a dive. Yeah. So well, no, I, I, mean, I, I think, that, yes, you get exposed to a lot of things. And so your sense of humor, you're more willing to be like absurdist or see strange things. Or like the funny thing about GIFs often or GIFs, I never know which to say. So I just kind of say both and apologize. But I think it's, I, I'm firmly on side GIF. Okay, well, we'll stick to that then. So GIF, um, like, I've noticed that like, so maybe it's like uh, something from The Office with Michael Scott and a, and a quote that he says. And so people yeah. generally are sharing it because they, it, maybe his reaction or his look, it's perfect for whatever and it fits. Right. And, and you think of that scene too and you're like, oh, it, that does map on kind of neatly to this scenario too. But mm. that GIF can take off and people who've never seen The Office the the weird stare or whatever he's doing in yeah. the gym no, like no no yes no like, like yeah, that's that a good one, I've one. Seen a lot. and and someone who's never seen the office doesn't even know this is the office i mean if that's even possible but there's plenty of those going around where you don't even know the source material which to me yeah, is definitely. beyond the point like you're now into a different space of just but like it's almost like an inside joke phenomenon, but the inside joke is so popular that now everyone is using the inside joke without being on the inside. Right. Yes. And like not only is that happening, that's like the norm. That's not unusual. I I mean, I have this added it's you talk about extensions. I've been playing with extensions as a, a teacher trying to make interesting powerpoints and or google slides and things and i can add gifs to trying my to emotionally manipulate your students yeah. even more it's just like if you want to you can type you can put in like lots of funny things and like it's, it makes for me lesson planning like goofy <laughs> right like if i did color symbolism yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i think of something like i'll just type in like uh rainbow dog to see if anything weird comes up or you know what i mean and like and i can put in something and it's like all right today we're going to study color symbolism and it's, and i've got this weird rainbow dog dance and it prancing around or something like i like that and it's so easy to do right. but i might not know that i'm pulling from this famous you know adult swim cartoon scene that you know i don't know i don't know what i'm pulling from because yeah mm-hmm. inevitably there'll be 40 different rainbow dogs pulling up when i type that in so Right. Um, well, you have a long history of stealing content from other people. <laughs> Not even true. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, uh. No, but the but so and that's how I'd actually frame TikTok too. Is like, all right, so that's a video making platform, and it started off as sort of like dances, but has evolved to like just little challenges. Whether it's developing a little dance or you you know all these little challenges people like to engage in, like try and do this. Like there's. You can record audio and then it'll say um, like, or here's an example of a small challenge, like hold out your hand to pet your dog, but pause right before you pet your dog and see what they do. 
Um, mm. And it's funny, right? So you can see this series. But imagine this. Now you've that. What an easy way to go. Ooh, I want to do that and share it. I want to participate. It's pretty thoughtless, pretty easy, and pretty entertaining. So then you get everyone hashtags it or whatever, and you can click on that, and you can see that challenge, and you can see. 300 700 a million you know examples of this um mm-hmm. and you can sort it by uh, most liked so you see the ones that have 800,000 likes which are pretty funny as the dog's freaking out you know pauses and looks and then doesn't know what to do and runs around or whatever um right. but but the point is so that multiply that with you know numerous challenges um you have all these people producing or feel like they're producing because they do they're like oh i did this thing i participated but it's like going through empty oh maybe not empty but not original motions but they so they get to feel like they belong to a community they get to feel like they mm-hmm. did something funny and they're it's it's like your take on this right because every dog's going to react differently um and so that map that to me that that it, it is in conversation with everything we're talking about um yeah it's in there i don't i don't have as an as strong of a negative reaction to that no um, they're producing and doing stuff and participating in something but i i think that i mean it, the discussion isn't like it's still like how can we make video creating webs uh, uh sharing service how can you make it as simple as possible what is the emoji version so instead of like pre- you know, producing stuff. How can I make this automated? They do all these like, okay, they do ones where like your face turns into a unicorn. Like literally you open your mouth and it stretches out. And so then you just have yeah. everyone doing that. Um, right. Yeah. Con- I, yeah. Constant just, new filters to show, to do that. And so everyone does it. And it's just not well, even really think, a video. It's just you doing the thing. <laughs> you know, your face. I, I think, you know, if I had to try to pick out what makes, what I don't like about that, it's not, it's not the, Origin, lack of originality or the following of a template or whatever that you know that doesn't bother me quite so much in the instance of making a video but but I think the potentially more damaging thing is the 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 change between having your your community be your group of local you know friends in your middle school or whatever and instead of being your local culture that it, that you see and interact with personally it's instead the entire world um i think that that is i won't i won't outright call it dangerous but it's definitely momentous um and certainly has the potential for danger um or at least change uh like because now now you're not being influenced and you're not filling in templates or producing for the people who you know personally, you're you're being influenced by and producing for just who people who might as well be anonymous nobodies um, right. all around the world. And and they're having significant influence on you. Yeah, your now your sphere of influence both on you and what and who you have on influence on is is nebulous. It's a little unclear and that's draining psychologically. Like Right. Like I think that you know, when you talk about, there's a word that gets thrown around called the monoculture. Have you heard that word? Um, well, um, the monomyth and stuff, but monoculture, define it for me. It makes a sort of sense immediately. Yeah, so. I mean, it makes immediate sense. I mean, it's just the idea that kind of as the world shrinks with increasing social media connection, you know, 
countries connecting up to the internet, everyone starting to share and post and contribute. And, you know, people have YouTube channels and even we have a podcast. Everyone is putting their stuff on the internet and learning and interacting with other people. You, you lose what, like, if you imagine before everyone was interconnected, it's almost like you have uh, millions of little incubators for, for special localized cultures, um, special localized inside jokes, templates, creative things, whatever. All these little things are just cooked in this local space. Um, and, you know, the, uh, the downside to that is that maybe those ideas never make it to the broader world and people don't get to enjoy the inside, the funny jokes or the genuine creativity that those little micro cookers generate. <laughs> yeah. That's the downside. But, but, now we're moving to a place where there are no, there are no longer any micro cookers. There's no individual little cultural areas. Um, instead, everyone lives in a monoculture. Everyone is connected to this big giant amalgam of everything. And in, in a way, it kind of filters out the peaks and valleys, the highs and lows. And you only, you only see and react to uh, the broad spectrum of the, the monoculture. That's it. And, and and you no longer even participate in your little local microculture as much. Um, and so you know, there's a loss of something. I wonder, I wonder if this will give rise to more cults. <laughs> I mean, a weird thought, well, but like what I'm saying is like, if there, I think there's a need to belong to something specific and feel unique that isn't so... Yeah. The, the monolithic nature of one singular culture is overwhelming, tiring. Everyone knows this. When when people whine about social media or dang internet, like we kind of know it's just it's like that exhausting place we all go to, though. Um, well, and so, yeah, I would I could understand that it, it, cults or occult personality saying, "Hey, I found a way to live life, and you want to belong. You still want to belong to a society and feel cherished and stuff. You you can yeah. see, yeah, see yeah. the appeal. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, this is. I mean, this is another big danger of the internet um and i think has been has tangibly been realized is like calling it a cult is you know one thing but you know whereas uh, there are always outliers so maybe there's some psychopath or someone with some dis really really weird or dangerous fetish or um like dangerous ideation or some radical ideology whatever there are always outliers in humanity before we could interact with everyone with the click of a button that one person who is an extreme outlier would be isolated in mm -hmm. their local culture because the odds of there being two extreme outliers you know in whatever given given area are low um and so they would be isolated in a way unable to do anything with their outlierliness um <laughs> You know they can't like oh, if yeah. you yeah. like if you're if you're some let's just be as extreme as uh, as we can and you're some crazy person who wants to like you know chop people's hands off and make dolls out of them or something really <laughs> like something you would see on on a bad CSI episode you know like yeah. if you're someone like that then you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to find a bunch of hand doll makers uh, in your town but. <laughs> I'm sure if we Googled it right now, we would find 
the hand chopping doll making dot com forum and there's gonna be, you know, some people with creepy profile pictures like talking about how much they want to chop people's hands off and make dolls out of them. The internet allows for the connection of even the tiniest of niches. Right. The good people and people can bad. find yeah. people can find each other, make a forum for it or a thread on a forum or whatever, and then and then reinforce each other and say, oh, there's someone else like me. I'm not alone in the world. And, you know, in some circumstances, that's a very good thing, a positive thing. Like maybe you can imagine some rural podunk town and there's a kid who wants to be an artist or something, right? And in that rural podunk mining town or something, everyone's got the black lung and, you know, he's... (laughs) He's supposed to carry on the family coal business. I don't know what I'm talking but about. But he just wants to write poetry. He just yeah. wants to write micro poetry and be an <laughs> English teacher. Uh, we don't teach English around here. You know, like you can imagine that kind of fanciful situation, but with the power of the internet, he can, you know, log on to art.com. I'm sure that's what it is. The most famous <laughs> art website. Poetry.com. <laughs> poetry.org. And, you know, like. And, and and interact with other poets and um, <laughs> you know and and become more confident and find some appreciation and that can be a positive thing. But if you're making dolls out of people's hands, you probably don't want to reinforce that behavior. And so, kind of the point you're making is that, like the internet, like it, it the potential for for danger is high. Like I mean, we've seen this kind of thing with you know ISIS and like terrorist groups and like even like like you know people who go on shooting sprees and stuff they use the internet for fame and for uh reinforcement of their terrible ideas and stuff so that's definitely a danger and also because like it like the internet eliminates that niche isolation you know like in a way you can kind of smother out those extreme outliers um because they can't communicate with anyone but the internet allows them to communicate with people and i think if people i mean people many people have dark urges and and they try to manage these bad what they these bad impulses or urges and then they but managing that is can be a confusing process so they turn to the internet to either find some examples of it in their dark hour or whatever but then they find some justifications or other groups like you said and so instead of sort Mm -hmm. of feeling shame about it which is actually maybe appropriate and trying to bury it and trying to just manage it. it. It can be exacerbated mm-hmm. as a, a, a group of people say, oh, it's so much more freeing to come along and, and nurture this impulse or this side of you, which really shouldn't be, honestly. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that just can happen a lot. Uh, I, I think even in less extreme situations, uh, you know, even with you know general anxiety, uh, bullying, or, these, or, or even like suicidality, these other trends that we see increasing... Um, especially among among kids, like I think that t- to me anyway, it's just very clear the the line you can c- you can draw to connect that with you know inter- the internet and social media, um, and uh, the ability to re to to basically play into confirmation bias by finding other people making the same mistake you are. Yeah, confirmation bias and and what's the term catastrophizing? So like it's so it's it's tempting right. to complain and go oh no my life's so bad i have this much homework i have this much homework and then you know the story toppers and trying to connect with one another go i have four hours of homework i have five i didn't sleep until i only slept 
five hours last night. I slept three. I didn't sleep at all. And like, I'm freaking out. Me too. And this, I mean, it, yeah. especially if you're younger and you haven't developed how to socially connect with one another, you experiment, right? Like, I mean, I can remember modeling some of my behaviors over trying to talk to girls and I was nervous around them. And I recall seeing, a, 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 this is just a vague memory and almost nothing specific, but it was like, uh, older high school students and the guy was teasing the girl and this is how and she was and it was clear flirting right and he's like why do you even act that way ha 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 and she's laughing stop and like and and I, and I was eating it up though like watching this as a model of behavior of like all right well so teasing you know and she, she the playfulness mm-hmm. she exudes and so i i don't remember but i'm awkwardly implemented it right trying to tease someone a girl and be like what do you what and it just wasn't working but <laughs> but that can be formative right like I, I don't i don't know it seems a little tangential i guess but well you um, can imagine if i can try to draw an analogy like you can imagine another fanciful situation where you have some extremely strict maybe maybe very religious or something parents who homeschool their kids and just keep them very isolated don't let them interact with other kids yeah. um and then all of a sudden those kids from whatever circumstance get put into a public school or interacting with a bunch of other, you know, normal, so to speak, kids, then obviously that interaction is going to be strange uh, and weird, weird things are going to happen. It's, it's kind of like, that's kind of like what the creation of the internet has done. Um, It's kind of like the exposure, uh, like the, the exposure of the world to, you know, previously insulated kids. Like, and I feel like you and I, you know, people of our age, we're lucky. We, we kind of avoided most of that. Like, you know, by the time, by the time we were, uh, interacting personally with other people on the internet, like it was all, we were already basically at the end of high school. Right. I mean, AOL Instant Messenger was taking off, but it wasn't oh, yeah. like... There was Instant Messenger. But, but this was very, but it, that didn't, was... it didn't have to, you weren't missing out on everything if you didn't have accounts on various platforms like it is now like withholding if you're just not on social media you almost have to justify it now you're definitely in the minority whereas like there was a healthy amount of people in our high school experience you know just not on that's true and and there's a difference between instant messenger and social media instant messenger is a you know if you're doing it with friends it's a it's a personal one-on-one chat and like there's some weird virtualness to it yeah but i I imagine that the psychological effects of that are comparatively mild um compared to social media um you know if you're chatting with strangers maybe that's a little bit different but still they're just anonymous usernames um and uh like it's it's still a one-on-one conversation yeah i'm with you it is social media yeah yeah uh, I think uh, I think it's about that time to wrap it up, don't I, you think? I'm tired of talking to you. Yeah, I'm a little tired of talking to you. I have to use the restroom, and like, <laughs> and and then that's just a, those are two good reasons to stop. So those are two good reasons to stop. So um, did it? Tried to did think if there was any wrap up. No, we we made our announcements <laughs> at the beginning, so no. Uh, wait, wait. It no was it was mail mail dot third space. Oh, Mail.thirdspace at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Awesome. And on you on YouTube, just third space podcast. Woohoo! Did it did did it did it. Bye. The end. Ostrich. <laughs>